Hey people. Tiffany Trenda is a modern dancer turned new media fashion artist based out of LA. We met each other through my friend Anouk, another new media artist active in the fashion tech scene. I was curious how the conversation would go. We spoke on the phone about a week ago and our conversation was really flowing. That totally continued through this episode. She spent her artistic career creating physical narrative through performances using handmade costumes and tech-infused clothing. She never shows her face and she encourages the audience to interact with screens that are attached to her body. Her work is really unique and super compelling. We talk about performance art in the time of COVID, bridging the uncanny valley, how NFTs apply to physical new media art, and of course, the singularity. Check it out. I know you'll love this one. How's your prep going for your show? Great, great. No, it's uh, it's it's going really well. Um, uh, we let me get that off of there. I somehow that did not have that happen. Okay. Um, yeah, it's going really great. Um, working out the uh, original virtual space is uh, almost done um, and uh, working on um, basically the interactions that's what we're working on right now um, and uh, figuring out um, that tech part, which is the most difficult. What do you mean uh, probably will space? take the most time. Uh, oh, so the performance um, is it's called Unseen and it's a whole, immersive experience and uh, you will step into or the public steps into a virtual space and begins to interact in real time with me. Do they do um, that like with a browser or something or like what do you mean how do they step into a virtual space? It's it's kind of similar to like Mozilla Hubs like uh, virtual it's like a like social media like virtual social media space uh, so you're sort of transport into a virtual environment through, it's kind of like a website, like you go to a website and then um, you'll step into the space and uh, one person at a time will, will be able to interact with me um, and others can see the interaction um, and using volumetric capture uh, with a connect, you'll um, engage with me in real time. So I look kind of almost as like a hologram, but also pretty realistic. There's some like, it looks very also physical as well. So it's not like I am like truly just an avatar Like a lot of uh, when you act in a virtual space that's on a social media platform, you know, you see more of like an avatars and they, you know, uh, but, but it's not as like real life feeling as much as doing something like this. So, cause you're using volumetric capture. So you're like, literally capturing the motion of your body Yes. That's being transported into this, this virtual world where people can interact. So they like talk at you or they, yeah. Like how do they, they can talk. Yes, they can talk. They are, um, they can leave themselves completely anonymous or they can, uh, you know, if they want to reveal, you know, someone's identity, but they are actually going to be avatars. They can choose through three different avatars that are custom made for the project. And, um, they are able to talk to me. They're able to also, I'm uh, programming things into there that they can do different things that I can react to. Um, I don't speak. So all of mine is through movement and gestures. Oh, wow. Yeah, man, you gotta have a bouncer at the door. Keep the trolls out. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> Anon anonymous people. I mean, do you have to get tickets to go to the show at least? 
Uh, no, it's actually going to be uh, premiering at the LA Art Show uh, July 29th and opening night, I'll be performing pretty much all night. Uh, and then on Saturday and Sunday of that weekend, I'll also have a few performances going on. But I will be sending out a link to uh, contacts, like if people want to uh, go on my mailing list, I will be sending out a link that they can reserve a time beforehand. Um, so um, like they get like first dibs on a, on a time, probably like an opening night, but anybody actually can go on and interact with me. You don't have to be at the LA Art Show. So you can, from your computer, actually log in anywhere in the world and interact with me that night. That was very cool. Yeah, I mean, part of me says that's the future of events and part of me is like, man, I hope that's not the future of events. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, things are finally starting to open up and it's like, I went to my first festival a uh, couple weekends ago, um, yeah, yeah. the 4th of July, and it was like so good to be around people. It's like, wow. <laughs> Amazing. I forgot what this is like. Um, that's cool, though. So how does this so you you come from a background in digital fashion, essentially, in combining new media arts with fashion tech? Is that right? Yeah, I actually originally was I had a, a little bit of a dance background. And um, I primarily was uh, doing fine arts. I mean, originally, I was actually a painter. <laughs> Oh, wow. I did video and then as I, I think when I went to my uh, undergrad, I, uh, at Art Center, I ended up doing like video and then I was already doing performing. I was doing a lot of like performance stuff and I, and with dance and I decided that it made sense to combine them. And then from there, it's like I was creating installation work with performance. And then, you know, later on, I thought, you know, instead of trying to do a project where it's a, I can do the same thing just within a garment with a, you know, so, um, so probably in the last, maybe the last 10 years, I've been more working with suits or garments and um, putting technology into that wearables, essentially. Yeah, it's a really cool, a really cool canvas, like fashion, fashion design is a, is a really cool area for new media arts like the expression of new media arts you know uh you know anook right that's actually how we met i think is she introduced us and um yeah she's she's like a, a great example of that where she's just like creating amazing, really ridiculous yeah. things yeah and it's like wearable things but it's things that um use new media technology uh and like animatronics essentially and some some led um and projection to to like explain express yourself and that's super cool yeah it's cool. yeah it's also um yeah super super compelling yeah she's she's one of my closest friends actually she's amazing she is inspiring and um and also just a very uh a woman for women too like she's very uh approachable but as a person but she also is like a supporter of other women and that's really amazing like i love that about her she's such a genuine generous person, but is amazing creative. And it's so inspiring to be around her. Um, and we met through uh, a friend of ours, but we met on a, uh, doing an exhibition together, doing a show together. And, uh, um, and it's interesting because we, uh, we think uh, sim similar about the body and, and tech and wearables. But then what's interesting is she's always trying to uh, create distance between her and um, the person. And I'm always trying to bring them closer. <laughs> I'm always trying what, to do you, what do you mean? Like create distance, create distance between 
the, the person interacting and the, and the person wearing the garments. Oh, so like stay back, keep at arm's length. Yeah, yeah, we talk about that. It's interesting. So she's she's always thinking about this idea. Like we talk about spatial relationships of like, um, you know, there's a personal space and then there's sort of like a public space and, and there's all these different like, you know, lengths. And it, it also, I think it um, changes depending on culture and all sorts of things. But I've always been, uh, as a performance artist, I've always been interested in creating intimate spaces. Like how mm -hmm. do I make it a very intimate um, engagement where um, I bring them closer using technology and like seeing if like I can get some kind of deeper connection through the technology or um, how does it also impair the connection or how do we record that that um, interface, you know? Um, yeah. Well, looking at your art, it's very much, um, it's very performance based, you know, it's like, it looks like um, I'm looking at uh, like, like uh, ubiquitous states, for example, the the installation that you did, it looks, it's very much like a performance piece, you know? Yes, that was a really awesome collaboration with a friend of ours, uh, Yana Katanen. Uh, he's amazing. We worked together in um, creating the whole 3D printed garment. And, uh, and then of course there's the embedded EKG sensors. So people would, uh, I would interact with a person by, um, just putting my hand, putting my hand over their wrist, reading their heartbeat, and we try to match each other's heartbeat during the performance. Oh, that's super cool. So is that what's displayed on the front of the suit? Is like essentially yes. the two readouts? Yes. So that's you'll see mine, and then as soon as I touch their wrist, you'll see the, the that person will see their own heartbeat. Yeah. And then they listen to my heartbeat and I'm listening to their heartbeat and we try to sync it. So it's kind of like based off of like how when we listen to different music, it'll change like our heartbeat. Um, and they also say, if you listen to somebody else's heartbeat, like your heart will try and like sync up like, so, and it's interesting because I always thought, oh, you know, I'll match this person or I'll match, is it age or is it this or all of these things. But um, I never, it, it's weird. Like I even had a really good friend and it took us like 20 minutes to try to match each other's heartbeats. We're like, this is weird. Why did that happen? And right. then some people like, you know, it just would automatically happen. Like you just don't, you don't know, you know? I guess that's what chemistry is, right? Yeah. <laughs> <Love it. laughs> that's really interesting. That's super cool though. It's a super cool use of technology. And I, I like how it's, really using technology to express something that's fundamentally human, you know, and, and yeah, I don't know. It's very cool. So that was in, what was that? That was 2015, right? Yeah, it was, it was like December, 2015. Uh, and it premiered at Context Art Miami. And then it was also performed at the Broad in 2016. Um, at Scottsdale Museum of Contemporary Art um, and also wearable arts awards uh, in uh, the Netherlands and uh, um, yeah. That's cool. So it toured all over the place. Yeah. And also it was in, uh, it was on the cover for Mexico City, uh, uh, Laboratory Alta Alameda, uh, which is in Mexico City. It's an amazing, uh, museum. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, they had a little tour, <laughs> which is fant fantastic. So essentially that's like most of your work is, is touring exhibits. You, you would do mostly like, a. Yeah, like where, what's the venues that you typically show your work at? Uh, yeah, I try to, um, uh, a lot of museums, uh, institutions, 
galleries, uh, festivals, art fairs, um, but I also have performed for uh, private events, um, even some corporate events, uh, some tech corporate events. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of open to uh, events. I think I, I just wouldn't, you know, through certain contexts, maybe I wouldn't put it in, you know, um, it is important to think about like how people are going to read the work. Um, so I would say like, I have turned down shows where I think that uh, if I put it in there, then it looks like uh, too, I don't know, maybe, yeah, it's all about like the context of your work, like where you put your work in, so. Sure. Um, well, if that's the body of your your work, the, the, it's, really it's like, if those are the, the, the instances where your work is displayed, you gotta, you gotta pick and choose. You know, yeah, for, for yeah. us, it's a little, it's different because the work that we do is permanent. It's, it's out there all the time for anybody walking by to see, yeah, you know, yeah. but I think that a performance piece is fundamentally different. It's I've actually never all. done, I've <laughs> never done a, I've never done a, like a museum piece or something, or, or like, I've never done a, like a, a tra not traditional, but a, a formal showing of our work. You know, we've had grand openings, but yeah, it's just different, you know, and I'm really fascinated by um, the differences that the art form create in the, the, the way that you, you, you present your art, how that affects the creation of the art and the, the expression of the art, you know, it's That's like, definitely. yeah, it's, it's a fundamental part of, of what, what, sh what forms the, 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 the creative process is like, how is it going to be received or how is it going to be um, viewed, absorbed? I'm sure that doing something virtually is, is a lot different, right? It, yes. it must be like a very different process than, because you, you're the person in these, these creations that you're making, I'm assuming. I can't see any faces. None of your work has faces. It's all, you know, there's masks that cover your face in almost every one, but I'm yes. assuming that's you, yeah? Yes, yeah, I, um, there was only uh, a few instances um, that uh, like I, I had two pieces in Art Center Nibai in Korea and I wasn't able to fly because I was actually, um, I think I was seven months pregnant by then or something. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, um, but uh, the curator was amazing and she's like, you know, let's just, you know, hire performers and, and that's what we did, we just hired um, but I actually, I've, I've worked, I work with a performer here um, because we wanted to do, um, uh, again, like I, 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 was, <laughs> I was pregnant, so <laughs> I had, um, I had a, a, a friend of mine, uh, Jasmine, she, she wore my suit and performed. Um, so there's been a few instances I've had other people performing it. So, um, but primarily I like to do the performance. It's just, if there's instances that I can't, then I'm open to having others. And also if like I have multiple performances going on, then, you know, of course I, I'll have other people inside the suits. But um, I think that's, what's interesting also about the suits is like, you can put another performer in it as well. But um, the main thing, like why I, I, I hide my face too through my performances is because I think that people can put their own, um, like they can imagine more. I feel like when you don't know exactly the, you know, the profile of the person. Um, well, it definitely makes it more abstract and it makes it more of like a, it's like an art piece. It's the, the, 
the creation becomes the art that and the focus of the audience and it's not necessarily the person inside it it's like yes it's a human form performing but it's really this art weird crazy creation (laughs) nice (laughs) i like that Oh, it's cool. I mean, I'm just, you know, I, I've never been to a performance like that. I've been to a number of modern dance performances, but never, never one that with a focus on new media arts, you know, I guess the closest I've come is like running around at Burning Man when everybody's decked out in like ridiculous costumes and LED. Like, okay, <laughs> that's one thing, but you know, this is, this is very structured and formal and there's a message behind it that's cohesive and, you know, it's cool. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's also like, I always put screens, I'm always having this sort of relationship to, to screens and um, and I always put like screens on my body because I always talk about like how we re- reveal and conceal our body through screens, through our technology um, and how our bodies become mediated in this process. So, um, and it's a lot about embodiment and disembodiment. Because, uh, um, Right. Well, I think it's never been more true than today. Yeah. It's, uh, screen is definitely a powerful symbol. Um, there's one installation that you did, Body Code. It's a, uh, you've got QR codes in your, like where your eyes would be in these goggles. And it's, it's like, this was definitely the year of the QR code. You know, QR codes became a proxy for like everything, you know, <laughs> anything you had to touch was like, oh, nope, touch this, scan this barcode. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that you know, now all of a sudden, I think that was what COVID was the thing that made QR codes really come of age where everybody was like, oh yeah, yeah. These are things that actually are kind of useful. Yeah. <laughs> but it's true. another example of a physical object that, you know, it, it kind of is AR where you've got this physical thing that brings you back into the digital world, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So what, what did those, what, what were those QR codes? what did they take you to on, on this uh, body code installation? It would take you to a website of Google searches of that particular body part and data. So your relationship, your relationship, that body parts relationship to data and like what, um, so uh, for example, like if you scan, you can scan my eyes and if you scan my eyes, it would take you to like, you know, a Google search of eye and data. It's like what would come up. So, um, and, uh, I'm actually, yeah, I, uh, I performed that a lot. (laughs) It's probably my, my more notable pieces that people have seen. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's, it's super compelling. It says that was in 2012. You've been doing this for, you've been doing this for a while. (laughs) Actually, it's been now 20 years. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. You know, before I was doing like permanent placemaking art I was doing um video art and uh and I I was doing concert touring and that that transition happened in like 2011 2012 where I was like okay I'm putting this down putting down the the that's interesting performance art thing and I'm I'm moving over to to permanent permanent placemaking art oh that's interesting yeah because that's also like when I uh transformed my work from more installation and performance, even though I was wearing, I was already kind of creating wearables, but I was always like having these installation. And I thought, oh, I need to like make it more simple and more structured. And uh, so yeah, that happened the same year. It's interesting. I wonder if that's uh, (laughs) something about 2012. (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, I think it was a transformative year. I mean, we're yeah, it's we're also like close to the same age. It's it's maybe it's that part of your life, you know. I think that you can break your life up into into many careers. You know, many people can anyway. I definitely can for for myself. I've gone through many iterations, and it's funny, you know the especially during COVID, I was like, okay, it's time for a change. Like I need to, I need, you know, I've been doing this all of a sudden, the installations that we were doing, even though they were very different, they started to feel the same. You know what I mean? And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do another one of these. And it's like, I think when you start saying that, then you know, you need to flip it, flip it around. You need to change it up. Um, Yeah. It was a really good year. It, It was a, it was a good year and it was a hard year. Yeah. It was also a really like transformative year. That's true. I was just thinking like, I feel like we've all been, well, we're stuck inside. So we're also like with our thoughts, but yeah, I think, I think for me too, I agree. I started to think about um, what I can do differently. And it, and I also feel like I was still doing the same thing in some ways. And I wanted to do something new. I wanted to kind of you know, it was really nice actually when I went to, you know, went to do my master's and I actually just let go of doing performance for a little while and stepping away. And I was thinking about that. I was thinking about like, wow, it was a really good time for me to step away and look at it from a different perspective. And then that's when I ended up doing body code. And it's interesting, a similar thing was like stepping back and looking at my work was redoing my website. I was like, oh, I finally have time to do, redo my website. It's like, it's, we never get time really well. It's like, I'm always like on a plane. Right. <laughs> so it was the time to like, just reflect, I think. And I think for all of us, a society it was a time of reflection. And to, um, I don't know, it was, it, and I realized that um, same thing for, here, for me. I was like, I, I feel like I really want to do something different. And um, to change it up and to, you know, and also I think right now everything is going so much faster. Um, you know, data, data, we've already had like so much data, but I think even more things are going so much faster with like, um, art, creativity, tech. Um, and now I think tech is even more because I feel like with NFTs and other things that like tech is now getting more integrated into the art market, into the art world, even though it was there, it was sort of like a separated thing, like, oh, new media artists do this, you know, painters do this, and everybody was doing their own thing. And then all of a sudden, I feel like in the last like year or two, you know, things are getting more combined and tech is starting to, to seep into more than just you know, new media artists or installation artists or people who were interested in those things. It's now become- You know why that is? It's because new media art is such a virtual, it's it's so based in the virtual. Do you know what I mean? Even even like, even physical new media art is, it's all programmatic. There's so much of a programmatic component to it. And I feel like we are living through this period where the virtual world is slowly merging and becoming like entwined with the physical world and it, this goes back to the 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 barcode thing right it's like covid is a was like a catalyst where it was like okay you want to go to school well get your ass on zoom <laughs> you want to you want to work well you're doing all your meetings on zoom everything yes. became virtual and it really forced that transition but that transition's been happening for a while wow yeah in the second life 2016 I had a friend. it was like such a birth of like 
new ways of thinking of social media platforms, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, Second Life was, you know, it's it's kind of a kooky example of it. It's kind of kind of quirky or whatever. But it, my friend was so into that back in like literally 2012. And she was like, <laughs> this is the future. We're all going to be like, you know, bots in this chat room. And I was just like, wow, you know, it's, I see it. I get it. Yeah, yeah. But it's just the world was not there. And now all of a sudden it's like we've got VR that that is coming to a place of maturity where you can go into a VR chat room and it's like, oh yeah, I'm hanging out with like weird cyber people in this virtual space. And I, I feel like technology coupled with our acceptance of the the concept of the merge has reached a point where it's like becoming tangible, just like climate change is now fully tangible, right? The merge yeah. of like the virtual world and the real world has become tangible and, and obvious to the lay person where yes. you can't ignore it. No. You know? um, and it's, yeah, it's an interesting time to be alive. It really is. I think that the most compelling installations in my mind are the ones that successfully blend that boundary like why was projection mapping so compelling it's yeah. because you had this real very real building and then you had this virtual 3d world that was merging into something that your brain was tricking your brain into like not understanding where the boundary was that was the magic it was like tricking your brain into being like where the fuck is the boundary between real and fake i don't i can't tell anymore yeah. I mean, we're, we're constantly shifting. And that's something I talk about in my work is like, we're constantly shifting between the simulated and the real, which is like Baudrillard, you know, statement. It's like, uh, you know, we're, it's all about simulation. And, and my piece, actually, I talk about how with, you know, these sort these new immersive experiences, especially with the virtual, it's like, when we put on a headset, we are transported into another world, but our physical body is still the same. It's still in, you know, the space that we are in, quote, you know, real life, but yet our eyes and our thoughts and our mind is somewhere else. So we're kind of like separated. We're disassociated from our body. And, uh, you know, I talk about like disembodiment that way, like we're, we're, you know, we're not embodying exactly what, you know, we normally would, would be doing. We're, we're sort of separated and and um and how does that like affect us like are we i don't know if we're, we're even there yet to understand the the effects of that and and but i think in the no, future I don't it's going to be think we are I don't, like any technology i think that like people are people just play catch up you know shit happens yeah. technology science evolves new things come to light and we're still just like you know we're very short-sighted animals we, we are, you know, we can think into the future when it comes to ourselves, really, but like, we're not, our brains aren't really built that way. I mean, it seems like that to me anyway. No, it takes, it takes us a, a while to, to understand what we're actually seeing. Um, yeah, yeah. And for those, those effects to take hold and, and shape society, it's, it really is like the interplay between humans and, and technology, the technology that they create. And then that technology, like, shapes and creates society <laughs> but that's what that's what that's new true. media art is all about right it's about like fucking with that technology to try and imagine ways that it could go and like using it as commentary 
Yeah, it's commentary on society and in society right now is, it's a really interesting time to be in, you know, I mean, we have a pandemic, um, but it's not like a pandemic we've experienced as, as a, you know, as the human race has experienced. We've had pandemics before, but, you know, we're, it was a completely different time. We didn't have the tech that we do today. So we're relying on our tech to, to keep moving forward. And, uh, you know, for, I was thinking about this in the pandemic. It's like, I'm so glad it did happen now because we do have these tools to use right now. And if it would have happened maybe 20 years ago, it would have been a different story. It would have probably been um, worse in some ways because we didn't have those ways of, you know, um, communicating to one another, um, you know, seeing one another, even though you're not really seeing that person. Um, so- Oh my God, can you imagine if the pandemic happened 20 years ago? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been like more of a disaster than this today, right? A lot more painful yeah. for sure. It would definitely have been a lot more disruptive. I mean, it, that's the thing. It, the pandemic was only not disruptive to people with like fast internet and, and computers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like anybody whose job did not rely on those two things definitely was maximally disrupted. And there's, there's also like the, the notion that there was like these memes going that were like, oh, I've been, I've been uh, waiting all my life for this, you know, people that are working from like, <laughs> you know, they're all constantly on a computer anyway. It's like, uh, you know, oh, I have to work from a computer all day long at home. It's like, welcome to my world as like an artist or designer. <laughs> yeah, right, right, exactly. It's, um, yeah, I, I definitely did my fair share of remote work. You know, I traveled a lot actually during the pandemic. Like I would. Where'd you go? Well, I, I, I would, <laughs> I would, me and my ex-partner would mask up. We would go to a place. Um, we would quarantine. We would test. We would wait, get results, join a pod, be in that pod for like a few weeks, and then wow. we rinse and repeat. Yeah, and you know, it was it was it was kind of nice. Like no one was on airplanes flights were dirt cheap. <laughs> um, you know, if you were reading the, the, the science behind, like, you know, airports were definitely a clusterfuck of COVID, but um, airplanes themselves were are actually pretty well, you know, it's all about air circulation. And, um, you know, we just like double masked, you know, yeah. <laughs> like a mask and then like a, like a face scarf mask thingy over the N95. And, you know, I, I've tested like 15, 20 times during this experience the last year and i have not had covid so wow lucky, lucky me i'm all vaccinated yeah. so knock on wood won't get covid me, but uh, me too we're vaccinated here yeah it's good no I, la's on amazing. lockdown again that's what i heard yeah they're up on the rise again with the new variant so we'll see how this plays out i, I think you know the problem was like we you know everybody needed to get out everybody needed to go back to their lives just even if it's just somewhat um but uh then the variant hits and it's so much more um uh Early. you know easier yeah easier to get it so um contagious uh, they say like you, you know you could be around somebody only so many seconds and get it yeah um, yeah you know when that started happening everybody was like oh shit are these vaccines gonna work <laughs> and like you know I, I was i was i got the johnson and johnson which is kind of like you know it was, oh, no. it was, it was based on like og technology it was kind of like you know it was a one and done it's like is this shit really gonna work but evidently it's 90 percent effective 
So that's what they, that's what the Johnson and Johnson is saying. And who, who knows, but I actually <laughs> getting like the AstraZeneca or, or uh, Moderna or, you know, like another vaccine that was based yeah. on MRNA just so I could like mix it up and, you know, but I don't know. I don't think I'm going to do that. If uh, I don't know if you can take read, more. J and J is actually very effective as well. So all of them are pretty effective against. They're the, all pretty effective. And the only problem now they're saying with the new, um, the new one is that it's not as, um, it, it is effective in the new strain. It's just not as effective. And they don't, I don't think they really know what the percentage is because I'm reading one and it's like, it's 67. And then another one's like, no, it's only 46 or something. And, like, and then another one's like, oh no, it's it's like 90% effective. Like it's just all over. Right, yeah. I'm like, I don't think anybody knows right now. I think it's too soon. <laughs> well, I gotta go, I gotta go back to the BBIs next week. Um, we're doing an installation out there. And yeah, it's like I had to get tested today. I got tested. The turnaround's like 12 hours now, which is great. Yeah, so that's really fantastic. No swabby, and then 12 hours later you get a text. Um Actually, I got one. I got one two days ago as well. But two days ago was more than five days before my flight. So I just I had to time it and I timed it wrong. So I had to go again today. But <laughs> there's no wait, they're free and they turn around in like no time. So yes, yeah. Yeah. I'm although I have to say that I had a friend's mom got COVID and she knew it because the whole family got COVID and oh. She got tested, came out negative. She got tested, and even though the other, the whole family was getting tested, they had it. Uh, and then she got tested again, and she didn't have it. She got tested. She then ended up going to the hospital. They were testing her, and it still was negative. It took them five testings to come out positive. Holy shit! And was she symptomatic? Like while that was yeah, happening? yeah. I mean, they're like, I, I don't get this. this is, well, you this clearly is have COVID. Let's run yeah. this. <laughs> wow. And so I don't know if those tests also are, maybe it was just a fluke. Like maybe there's just that 1% that maybe it's just not, you know, I mean, who knows? I feel yeah, like I mean, people, people spit out percentages and like, blah, blah, blah. These are all physical things. And there's like a, you know, there's like, they're wiggly. They're, they're not, they're not absolutely concrete, not yeah. digital. You know, this is like, this is like a Q-tip in your nostril. And then like, hopefully you pick up the particles <laughs> yeah. yeah and it's not like a doctor's doing them anymore you know or a nurse it's it's a you know, you're doing them by yourself so <laughs> oh, mine was a nurse mine was a nurse mine was a nursing student said so on her oh really oh well, that's good student. yeah cool yeah. I've, I've only done the drive-through one so you're doing them yourself <laughs> yeah well no 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 I, I i did mine in a drive-through but they definitely did it for you Oh really? Oh my! Yeah. <laughs> she's kind of gentle too. I was like, I was like, aren't you supposed to put that up a little further? But uh, you know, she knew what she was doing, so it's fine. And this is the second test in two days, so I'm guessing. And I'm vaccinated. I'm feeling. I think you're fine. I'm feeling, I'm feeling pretty safe. Yeah, you're you're safe. Totally. Really, it's just a pain in the ass, and then I got to sit on airplanes for like twenty hours to get to get to the British Virgin Islands. They're experiencing a massive outbreak because. No one there believes in vaccines, and yeah. So oh, I didn't know that they do. They don't believe in vaccines. No, it's it's a weird culture. It's a weird, it's a weird. Yeah, it's just a weird, weird place. And uh, there's a there's a very very high um, 
I think they've got like, they have tons of vaccines and they were really pushing it for a while. The last time I went, there was like this huge public public um, outreach campaign to, to get people vaccinated because they're like, we have all the vaccines, come in and get the vaccine. But like no one, no one was getting them. And I actually spoke to people on the islands and uh, they were just like, yeah, we're going to wait. We're going to wait and see, you know, wait and see. And it's like, all right, well, I'm, I'm very happy with my choice to get a vaccine. <laughs> yes. No, yeah. I believe in vaccines because that's um, the only way we're going to be able to end this is, you know, if we all get vaccinated <laughs> to say it, but that's the only way. It's our only answer. I mean, unless you can't because there's like a physical thing. I mean, you know, but yeah, um, well, and there are some people like that. Like, I feel like it's safe to say science is, is our religion, right? It's like, you've got yeah. all these, it, that's what science is. It's a belief system, right? And it's like, you've got all these people all over the world with very different belief systems and science is just one. And like, yes, like, like I'm right there with you, you know, like science, that's my truth, but it's not everybody's truth. And it's like, all right, well, you know. I like to be well-informed. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, think no, it's, me too. I, I think it's funny that, um, there was this meme, another <laughs> meme, but it was like, um, you know, we had this picture of a doctor or something. It's like, yeah, this doctor, you know, went to, you know, did all this, you know, college work, went to get their medical degree, um, and then did all this research, you know, worked as a research assistant and did their own research and then did this and then published something, but it went through all this scrutiny. And then finally, you know, and then finally this like gets published and this sort of, you know, thing to only have somebody who was like, not paying attention in science class, go on the internet and say like, I don't believe it. <laughs> it's right. like, it's like, yeah, I mean, that, well, that's, that's a symptom of our time as well, where, where essentially, you know, like back in the day, you had a few media outlets, which established the story, you yeah. know, like the story of the world is these, this is the story. And now you've, the story is fragmented beyond recognition and you, you can, you can pick and choose any story you want, you know, literally. Everybody is like, a critic. Stories. Exactly. It opens up. So there is no cohesive story and that, you know, that we're all seeing the, we're seeing the fallout. <laughs> Disinformation, the that's the other problem. Like people don't understand, uh, you know, what's, you know, um, Oh gosh, the documentary. I don't know if you saw it. It's so yeah, good I did. It's uh, social dilemma. Yes, it was so good. And I, I even though it's like we kind of already knew everything that was in that, it was just nice to see it um, exactly what was going on. And yeah, they did a great job. They did a great job. And 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 that's also I think part of the problem is like when when people are believing these deep fake videos because I think part of it is ignorance that they don't understand like the technology that we have today. Uh, can easily trick people but I think okay well, so like people people tricking people yeah there's a lot of really people. convincing bullshit artists out there yeah there are you know and they're just using media new media uh, like social media and, and the internet quote unquote to spread their message yes uh, exactly you know, like charismatic well, then, compelling bullshit artists have existed throughout time they're just really it's just really easy to talk and hear them now yeah, yeah. But it's also, it's like, but with deep fake videos and things that are going on right now, it's so easy for people to get wrapped up into them because they're actually seeing these videos rather than just like hearsay. But, um, but they don't, I don't think a lot of people understand what a deep fake video is. Like, I mean, I'm, of course, like 
people like you and me, like we're, we're involved in the arts and the creatives and also the, you know, and understanding technology and we use technology and we understand what's out there as part of our work, it's part of our nature. Um, I think, I think there is, you know, that, but I feel like an average person that does not have anything to do with technology, not really informed, can look at a deep fake video instantly and think that that's real. And then that gets shared to their friends and those friends and that that's a that's a huge issue. It's like there's there's I, no I way to even that stop is, those things. I, I feel like there's there's so much like people are like so scared of deep fake and it is a super scary um technology because of how it fits in with the current ethics yeah. yeah but i haven't like buy, really a, no buy people now you know we buy these fake people there, there I've, i haven't seen like a there has been we're waiting for like the the deep fake disaster yes right? like the deep fake like like to like expose ultimate, it at least right right or to launch it into the super like there's been no deep fake catastrophe yet yeah. there probably will be and then everybody will be like, holy shit, like what? You know fuck? what I was thinking the other day, actually, it's funny you're saying this because I was thinking, literally, I was probably thinking about it yesterday the day before. And um, what if there was a film and somebody put as an actress and created, the, you know, through, you know, like it's not real. I mean, already models are doing that, but like a real actress and using social media that was all fake, everything was fake and built her up as like one of those, you know, big celebrities and people think that they're real because you could do that. You could follow you around a person. That. You, you could, totally do that. you could like, do video. You could do, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then all, and then all of a sudden it completely collapses and people find out that it's fake and they're like, wait, no, I have been following. I'm this huge fan of this. You know, I thought there was something like there was some K-pop phenomenon. Like yes. I am so far outside of that world, but like, Somehow on the peripheral of my awareness, I was, they did, yeah. Thought, yeah, I thought there was some virtual like K-pop star. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't there's, know. There's been models like um, there was this one model who um, is, I mean, there's been a bunch of them, but there was, there was one in particular and I read about that, like there was this other model and they were having this fight and then, and, but they found out that one was fake and she was oh trying God. to expose it. But then I think both of them were fake. And they were doing that on purpose and it was just like one person <laughs> so there's been some really interesting art pieces done with with uh um deepfakes and yeah. I, I have seen that where it's like there's a lot of like artists kind of like punking the world with with these deep fake like spoofs almost yeah yeah you know I mean? like they're, they're great, like yeah. it's like they'll like have obama like fucking dancing or something you know or whatever it is but they're definitely i've seen that happen a number of times and i it is like kind of a it's it's a interesting medium where it's like yeah. okay well you know and there's like a comedian who who's like all about the deep fakes he's actually hilarious i can't remember his name but he's like yeah all about the deep fakes and he's like just does ridiculous shit with deep fakes um <laughs> It's kind I'd like of, to know. Tell me afterwards if you think, think yeah, I, know. I want to know. Google it, like comedian deepfake. Like he's, I can't remember his name, but um, I, and I, you know, I, I don't like follow him or anything, but I've seen his work and it's pretty funny. But, <laughs> uh, but it's social commentary. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like he uses deepfakes to do ridiculous things with iconic people. And then you're like, oh my God, like obviously it's fake. And that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to see a lot of that in the future. I think that's where we're kind of heading because everything is about faking the real life. 
you know? Yeah, that ties into what we were talking about earlier. I mean, it really is. It's a blend of the digital and the real. And what, real. what is more of a blend than a deep fake? Yeah. yeah. It's funny because like you, you notice things that really take, take off, things that really gain traction are things that really trick your brain in that blurry area between real and virtual. And, you know, if something is completely virtual, it's like, eh, you know, whatever. If something's real, you're like, yeah, that's real. But if something's in between and like logically, you know, it's fake, but your brain is like, that looks so real. That's where that is like, it seems yeah, like that's where the compelling. Yeah. Yeah. That that's where the, the, the hook is. And that's where like, the uncanny valley that is where the you know that japanese have been yeah the japanese have been talking about that for a pretty long time it's called the uncanny valley it's like an actual if you look at it on a graph there's like they talk about this there's a point where real and like the simulated what is fake um blends together and in that moment you have the uncanny feeling whereas we're and that's what they talk about is like it can't be too fake and it can't be too real to give you that you know Tiffany, all your work is in the uncanny. I'm like sitting here just like, because you're not on video, I'm just like staring at your portfolio. I'm like, all of this shit is in the uncanny valley, like urban devotion, like all of these things are, it's like clearly a human, but it's like, is it a human or is it a robot? Like what is going on? That is exactly what I'm doing. Actually, I, I, uh, I try to always blend those things to see how far I can push like where, what the uncanny valley really is. Like, where is that, where's that point? Um, especially yeah. this new work, because I mean, you're in a virtual space, but yet you are seeing me live. And, I'm, and I definitely want to trick the brain into thinking like, okay, I'm really interacting with somebody, but, and they're really there physically, you know, which is more than just, just an avatar you're interacting with because it's going to be a volumetric capture. So my movements, everything, that's going to be real time. That's going to be real in essence. Uh, but at the same time, it's, it, it's, it's mediated presence, you know? Right. So it's going through all these filters, all of these things to, to bring you into this, um, exactly the uncanny valley. So hopefully, uh, what form are you going to take? Like, what are you going to look like in there? Um, I have, I have images that I already shot. It's, um, I'm in this nude colored leather suit. It's real leather and it's, um, it has a, uh, sort of trans translucent, um, uh, part in the face. So even during the performance, um, depending on how you interact with me, I'm going to blur parts of my body. So if you, if, if it's sort of negative or there's something that maybe our actions and gestures are, are not, you know, are, are negative in some way, then, you know, I can blur my body. I can, um, and it's a lot to do with like the ambiguous, ambiguous um, nature of just doing these sort of social platforms and how, you know, we are blurring parts of our body. We, we are hiding and concealing parts of ourselves, our profiles and everything, but we're also revealing parts of ourselves too. So depending on how we want to interact with the, with the real world. Yeah, that's super cool. That's really cool. So, and when is your performance happening? Uh, it's July 29th and- um, Oh my God, it's coming right up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And um, yeah, yeah, we're working on it. Um, actually, I should say this. It's also a collaboration with Dolce Bjarga. Um, I hope I'm saying her name right, <laughs> her last name right. I'm sometimes bad at pronouncing. Um, and longtime collaborator, uh, Joseph Bashara, we've been doing 
Uh, he's been doing my sound design for me for, I don't know, uh, 20 years. <laughs> wow. So he's, he's, he's amazing. He's done like the, he's a great composer for like the conjuring and so many, um, amazing horror films. So, um, I have to just shout out to them, like honor to work with both of them and, uh, this wouldn't be happening without them. So that's cool. That's cool. You gotta have like a good team. You really do. It's the, the, the past month has been really difficult. It's been like, a very much like a transition period of the people in my life. And uh, yeah, like on the personal side and on the, the professional side. And I've started working with like all of these new people who are fucking amazing. And, you know, in a way it's exactly what I need, what my company needs to move forward, right? Yeah. It's yeah. also really unsettling. Like I feel so, un so ungrounded. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's nice to have stability like people that you've known for 20 years like some of the podcasts i've done on this you know luminous arts have been with you know toshi who uh is a friend of mine from i met him when i was 18 or 17 it's fucking oh, crazy wow. you know and it's just like people like that who you've known forever even if they're not in your life constantly it's like you're just, oh yeah yeah, yeah. that's and very cool yeah it's funny how like the older you get the more people the more you see people grow up you know, you're like, they like change and you like, you get older together and you're like, oh yeah, this person like still doing cool shit, you know? And also it's, when oh, you yeah. get older too, you don't want to have people in your life that you're like, you know what? Like you really, it's really important to keep a good energy in your life and to really try to focus with the people that, um, I don't know, try to bring you, you know, like more of a tribe like you really find yeah. your tribe i think when you get older and and yeah. uh i think when you're younger like, you're like i haven't been to tribes you know? right. <laughs> you're like everyone's a tribe you know yeah. and then when you get older you're like no i have my tribe <laughs> yeah i'm still very interested in exploring different groups of people and, and you know me too yeah in and, and but i'm always open to new people but you always have to also be like okay is this you know this is like this you know good a good uh energy and yeah, I'm very yeah. aware of like what I need in my life and like the kind of energy, yeah. the kind of personality that, you know, you get more selective about who you let into your life. And that's Definitely. a good thing, you know. It's a good just, thing. <laughs> yeah, it's like your your bullshit detector goes way up, your screen, your filter goes way up. You're like, okay. <laughs> you know, I mean it's like whatever. Everybody is doing their thing and that's awesome. But it's like you have a you have a choice on who who you bring into your life. And that's yeah, uh, resistance. yes, definitely. I think a lot too when you, you know, you're going through the pandemic. It's like you start to really feel that, like, okay, you know, you're no, um, yeah. I guess you kind of uh, think things are put into perspective a lot. Yeah, well, I think yeah. that for for us, you know, it, it was very much like my my tribe became a family, and yeah, yeah. really, you know, we yeah we potted up, and that was that was really cool to see how. You know, because you also saw so many groups of people like self-destruct and, you know, so many people self-destruct and get sucked into like the negative vortex of like despair, you know, and then other people thrived and other pods and groups of people thrived. And it was, it was just interesting to see that. And it's like, oh, okay. Like come apocalypse time. I know what's up. <laughs> <laughs> I know who I'm hanging out with. <laughs> definitely definitely so yeah now it's been an interesting it's been an interesting time it's a you know um 
especially to think about uh, uh, you know things moving so fast and and oh what do you think of NFTs? Fucking no. Um, I understand what they are. I think it's really cool to be able to tokenize um, virtual things with yeah. permanence. I think that that concept is so long overdue where it's like, no, 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 this copy of a digital thing is unique and it's associated with a unique identifier. And that's, yeah. that's what's needed to happen in order to put value on virtual art. And so much of the world is going virtual. It's like, yeah, of course we need to figure out a way to do this. I don't, I don't like, I don't know if NFTs apply to my art. I don't because like all my shit is physical. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah, a virtual yeah. component to it in the programming, but like I couldn't put an NF, I couldn't like, can you make an NFT out of a, like the, like a look that you're expressing on a completely unique installation? You are doing NFTs. Like, how does that work? Um, yeah, I'm on the foundation platform. I, uh, I, you know, I thought it was interesting because for me, it was a new medium to work with. It was something and a new digital form to work with. Yeah. Um, and the first piece I did that was my Genesis, I, um, I wanted to flip the idea of like that something was physical becoming digital. Um, so wait, are these so the things that you're for? Was that? Are these NFTs, these things, like I'm in your store section, are these like? No, I need to, I think I need to like update my store and put like my NFTs up there as well but uh if you go to my contact page i think i have my nft profile okay yeah, yeah, yeah i see it so like what is i don't what does it mean what <laughs> is this like if i if i like plop down one ethereum for proximity proximity cinema number two is that is that nft representative of a video of the performance like yeah, so I took that a clip. You were tokenizing. Yeah, I took a clip. I actually, I made a, a short uh, video of my work. And so um, just a clip of it, I put on there. Um, I made an NFT out of that. And uh, I think it worked really well. Um, cool. Yeah. And my Genesis, which is like the first one I did, is so what I did is like flipped it where, you know, instead of something that was... Uh, you know, something that's physical then is to be digitized, I did the opposite. So you would buy the NFT and it would then, um, I would perform as so would initiate a performance, so initiate a future event and it would initiate something that's actually physical. Oh, interesting. So, interesting. Doesn't that, does that work? Very meta. That? <laughs> you do that? Like, can you make an NFT out of a physical performance? I guess you can, it's like, why not? Yeah, I don't know. I'm testing it to see what, what if it works or if it, I'm kind of making NFTs about NFTs. <laughs> like when I'm doing them, I'm like thinking like, this is an interesting thing to talk about. It's just like a topic too. Like conceptually, it's like, this is a really interesting time that we can, you know, um, you know, think about like, you know, the, the platform and, and what's going on. And, and it's really about, we go back to that like relationship of the physical and the virtual. Um, and I think that's that's why I'm I'm interested in NFTs is because it's actually making a platform for that, but it's also uh, it's it's also a market. Um, and uh, how how does that market kind of work within you know uh, future events or you know 
Um, and that's why I said like, um, like ritual practices, because it's like, can you can, cause I'm going to continue it as a series, but it's also like a ritual because it's like, I'm going to be doing more than one and they become a ritual practice. Um, and like how do that gets tokenized, you know, can, can you also tokenize like a ritual practice, you know, like what, what is that? Yeah. Um, I am sort of questioning how far we can push the boundaries of uh, performance and NFTs. So um, it's cool. It's a really and, cool. Uh, it's a cool concept, and I'm fascinated to understand the answer or to see the outcome. Yeah, and, and my new performance too, uh, unseen. Um, I'm actually going to tokenize or create NFTs from the performance as well. So the interactions are going to become NFTs later on. Oh, interesting. Yeah, you know, this thing that you're doing, like that is very, I can see how that would be NFTable for sure. Yeah, yeah. You know, a different, like a completely different set of artists are now uh, involved within the art market and with involved into the art auction houses and stuff. So, um, and I well, think it opens up for new. There was such disdain around digital art of all kinds in the fine yeah. art world. And then, that. Well, I think because part of big, the biggest problem, I think, and, and I've gotten this question from um, collectors many times is like, so if it breaks down, what do I do with it? You know, so there's always that question of the, how long is the piece going to last? And it's, and it's our archival, like, you know, when you buy a painting, you know, it's archival, it's going to outlive you, you know, right, right, um, right. some, some others, like they, they don't, depending on the materials you use, but uh right. But in, 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 in general, you know, there's, you know, the idea of video and there was always this question too. I remember when I was doing video art years ago and um, I remember talking to a collector and they're like, yeah, but is it a, it's a file. So you're selling the file, but can't seem to be copy and pasted. And I'm like, I'm like, well, you're not supposed to, <laughs> but right. you lock the file and, you know, there's all of these things, you know, so. And to, to go through all of these steps about like, what do I get and what um, is the actual art of it? Like the, the product. Um, so there's all those questions. I think that with um, now what's happening is people also understanding that the file itself is the artwork. Um, the arrangement of bits. Well, I mean- The yeah, arrangement absolutely. of bits. Yeah, I mean, there's there is art in in. I mean, obviously, obviously, there is art to the arrangement of bits. You know, I mean, art is what is art is creativity. You know, and uh, the digital medium is or the the digital environment is is rife with mediums to to create art. I'm looking at your pieces though, and it's like I was actually I was listening to Ninety Nine Percent Invisible the other day, and it, there was like this piece about this this um it was a sculpture from india that was stolen by the british back in like the 1800s or 1700s during colonial britain or whatever and uh that sculpture had like a music box inside it right and it was like this really complex mechanism where you'd like turn a crank and there was like a billows that like blew air past all these flutes and like that's new media art from back in the day, right? And <laughs> yeah. That's in a museum. It's so like, why can't, yeah. why can't your suit, why can't your suit be in a museum? 
Oh no, my my suits have been in museums. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That, you can have physical digital art. Art. Yes. In that is collect collector worthy and and you know put in. Well, there's. It is very interesting though, because you also think about like Nam June Pike, right? Who is oh my such, God, such an a, amazing, yeah. um, one of my favorite artists, uh, inspiring. Um, I can totally see his work in your work. Oh my God, now yeah. you see that, I'm just like, <laughs> oh yeah. You can't unsee it now. <laughs> no, 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 I definitely can see it. Um, so yeah, with Nam June Pike's work, I have uh, spoken with um, um, collectors that have had and the, the problem that comes is like uh, even like a foundation I remember talking to one of the foundations here in LA for the foundation but they said that um, they actually have somebody that like works on all their new media pieces and the problem that's happening now with Namjoo Pike's work is like you the, the pieces like you can't find them anymore and that it's always been that way but you could at least find like old parts and all that but now that is actually really hard to find and at some point like replacement the, pieces exactly at some point in the near future you know like what are they going to do i mean they're trying to like fabricate things and they're trying to but it's going to get to the point like all of it will have to be redone um, but I wonder if that's like, like the same sort of discussion between, um, you know, when you look at a painting that's completely uh, disintegrating, they have to, you know, um, in a way, repaint it. Um, you know, what, what's the, you know, the difference in, in um, restoration and, um, oh God, I'm forgetting, restoration and, um, you know, trying to restore the painting versus actually, you know, um, right. So, yeah, I, I are think they going to be able to? I mean, is it still the art, same piece? Electronic art. You update the technology or not? I would say, I would say, my own personal opinion on this, for what it's worth, which is not much, but like, I would say that replacing components on a piece of electronic art is the equivalent of replacing nerve cells in your brain. Still the same person. Yeah. You know, it's all yeah. about the arrangement of it's, the arrangement. Yeah, I agree on that one. Particles, and it's. Uh, yeah. Although it will have a different look because if you think about it, when you think about screens. Oh, um, I know, I know. The screens that he used, I mean, they don't, they don't, that's, there's a, there's a materiality to it that's quite beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah. And especially with like the Buddha, with the Buddha sitting and looking at the TV, I mean, like the size of that television monitor and everything. I don't know, I guess it's more into like, make, they can recreate everything um, and materialize it. From no, but you're right. That is, that is essentially like very ephemeral. It's yeah. Very ephemeral art, where it's like you can only have a fucking TV tube on for so many hours before it's not going to turn on anymore, yeah. and that's you know you can. Yeah, that's a good question. It's like I think a lot of what we do in today's world is is incredibly ephemeral right like mm -hmm. think about dvds man like people oh, laugh. Yeah. They're like dvds <laughs> oh my god i remember that it's ancient tech it's like it's fucking five years old you know what i mean it's like we need as a society to come up with more permanent means of storing and uh <coughs> excuse me uh you know preserving our our culture because it's so temporal it is so temporary you know it's just like blink of an eye it's gone and uh but we've been we've been doing that for a while and it's and it's just we're not we're not we need to be more sustainable um even just uh you know a microwave or refrigerator i mean 
you know, in the fifties, they made a refrigerator outlive you, you know, (laughs) and now a refrigerator dies in like 10 years and it's such a waste. It's such, and, and clothing too. Clothing is like that. Like hardly any people make sustainable clothing anymore. It's just completely changed the way even clothing is. And clothing should last too. I mean, I have something that's probably, I don't know, I've had for over 20 years and it's still, it still looks good. You know, if you treat it nicely, it's, but you know, you buy something today and in a year or two, it's just like, you know, oh, yeah. it just yeah, falls yeah. apart. I mean, it's like all of this stuff is like, we're a society of like a temporal society or, you know, you're right. It's like, all we're doing is like, it's, it's about even like the way our attention span is and, you know, it's the throwaway fashion, you know, it's, um, oh, it's, there's a trend here and now trends are just faster and faster too, that they're, they're quicker. Yeah. Well, um, we've and, all seen those graphs, you know, how like, yeah it's Moore's law, but applied to society. And it's like, you know, what's at the end of that curve? Like, no one knows, you know, are we going to like become a butterfly or something? Or like, what's going to (laughs) happen? It's like, it's fucking clearly. Yeah. It's like the singularity, that concept of the singularity is really fascinating to me because it's like, it's so clear, like we're so clearly going somewhere. And, and that somewhere is this point where like, that breakneck speed crescendos in some way. Like it, it outstrips our ability as human animals, as meat, meat animals. Do you know what I mean? To like deal with it or, or to, yeah. Or yeah. Or AI comes and whatever the fuck AI is going to do. <laughs> you, oh, know, know. you know what I mean? It's like the concept yeah. of singularity. That's what we're describing is like that, that ever increasing pace of advancement. Oh, it's just going faster and faster. I mean, I feel like also because we've been stuck indoors, I also think tech is going even more. There's more exposure because we're inside. We're sharing more through, you know, uh, social media and through other things. And um, that's one of the things that inspired me with my new piece too. It's just like, wow, we are just going, you know, you know, there's also so much more aesthetics I think that's being thrown out at, uh, thrown at us all the time and what they mean. And they actually maybe don't have any meaning anymore because we're seeing so much and so much is moving that we don't stop and actually look what it actually means. And does what it have, does it ex- You know, what's disappointing to me is the, mm-hmm. the loss of localized aesthetics. So for yes. example, when I was, when I was growing up, the music scene in a particular geographical location was very unique to that geographical location because sure. the medium transmission of that thought virus was a physical disc. You know what I mean? And yes. now it's like, there is no localized. I mean, there are localized aesthetics, but it's like, it's almost like localized on the topic of interest, you know what I mean? Like me and you are in the same local aesthetic because we're both <laughs> new media artists. Whereas like somebody sitting three, you know, office chairs down from me doesn't give a rat's ass about that. Right. And they might as well be in a different city because their, their interests and their aesthetic are completely different. That's true, that's true. It's, it's also, yeah, I mean, to go with your point too, like when you would think about traveling maybe like 10 years ago and you would see, you know, younger generation, um, it seems more and more like that there aren't localized like areas that are like, oh, they are from here. They're from this area and they have this, this aesthetic. 
Um, it's now like the aesthetic of the internet. You right, know, because we're all so virtualized. Yeah, the internet has 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 essentially eliminated um, the the distance factor and the, the separation of geography. Uh, so you've got people in. Yeah, it's really it's breaking down on topic of interest. That's why you've got like, you know, you've got like this whole um, anti-vax thing is mm-hmm. spreading not along geographical lines, but on the tendency for certain people to fall into whatever neural trap that is. Do you know belief what I mean? Like systems. news and conspiracy. Yeah. Yeah. It's belief systems. It's belief systems are the things that like affect in the way in which we, you know. Um, right. If they yeah, believe- super, super interesting. It's also disappointing. Like yeah. I, want, I want to, tra- I'm like really into traveling and I can tell mm-hmm. you the thing, something that is incredibly disheartening for me is to like go to like Tulum for example and see that shit show and it's just like what the fuck is going on here we're in Mexico and like <laughs> this was like such a beautiful spot and like what is going on it's like crypto bros you know and I think that the cost of travel has plummeted the 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 barrier to transmission of thoughts and ideas has crumbled so there is no real barriers between transmitting your thoughts which is a good thing but it also results in this kind of homogenization of of thought process right and oversaturation yeah it's like it's there's just so much oversaturation of just you know almost almost like we, we don't we're not even critical of anything that we we put out there anymore it's just like we're just putting everything out there all at once. And um, yeah, I mean, have you seen, uh, have you seen Bo, Bo Burnham's uh, pod, uh, stand-up special? It no. Is, it is so fucking good, man. You have to watch. It's on Netflix, I think. It is brilliant. Like he's a Who is this? His name is Bo Burnham, I think. I think that's Bo his name. Bo Burnham, Bo Burnham. Uh, Bo Burnham. Yeah, yeah. Bo okay. Burnham inside is the name of the thing, but watch the, watch the special. It's, it's brilliant. It really is brilliant. But he, he uh, sings this song. It's like a little bit of everything all of the time. And I'm like, Oh my God, <laughs> it's, just, it's so timely. It's like, it's we're going to so look, timely. yeah, we're going to look back on it and be like, wow, this is like, this encapsulates the experience. This is the anthem right now. <laughs> it is, it is. But yeah, yeah. Watch that. Watch that. Cause it's really, it's really fucking cool. And yes, I was just like, yeah. oh my god, this guy! Like, I had never even heard of him, and then I was just like, I'm gonna watch this, and it's. Just like, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna see that. I'm gonna really see cool. that. I know, you know, that's also interesting too. Having you know, um, a child that's you know, I have a I have a toddler, and to see him, even just at like two years of age, he could take my phone and find the app that he wants to see. Yeah. At two, I mean, yeah. even even before then, it was just like, oh my gosh. We are the last digital pilgrims. That's what I've heard that phrase. Like our generation, there are no more digital like uh, immigrants. Everybody is a digital um, native now. Yeah, we were the the crossover of analog to digital. Which is kind of a cool time to be alive. Yeah, we understand both of them. I mean, I remember trying to figure out how to go to point A to point B and then you don't have MapQuest. <laughs> oh my God. Well, I remember MapQuest when it was like a printout. Yeah, it's a printout. Or, or you had the book. I forgot what the book was, the book. They have a <laughs> you book? would find where the book was. You know, oh gosh, yeah, we had the, 
what was the book called? It was, it had a name and everybody had, well, no, most people had the, the, the book and you would look up your, you know, okay, this is the area and you had to look up that area and find it, you know? Interesting. But, you know what I saw? I, I actually, the last time I was in the BVIs, we like stumbled across a geocache. It was the coolest thing. <laughs> we were like, we were out on this island. We had like kayaked out there and I like, I scrambled up this, this steep cliff, right? To this thing that looked kind of like a cave. And I was like, I wonder what's in here. And there was like a, like a little pelican case. And I, I'm like, whoa. I, and there was like a, you know, it was clearly like somebody had put it, like made like a little rock altar. And then I opened it up and there was, a, there was a, like a Polaroid camera or not a Polaroid, a, uh, uh, you know, like an old click and click and develop snap camera and, uh, and a little journal. And I was just like, this is so cool. Wow. I know. I'm That's like, amazing. Yeah, I'm like, I want to, I want to do that. I want to drop some. Ge- I'm always exploring like weird places. I, I time like, capsules are amazing. I always thought time capsules were amazing since I was a child. Yeah. I just like the idea of like putting something in there that represents that particular time, you know. And in 50 years, if somebody opens that up, what is that? What it, what represents right now? I mean, if we were to take a time capsule right now, what would you put in it? You know, I'm not sure, but I think that like abandoned buildings are the closest thing I've come across to time yeah, capsules. Yeah. Like, have you ever been in a building that hasn't been occupied in like a long fucking time? It's it's yes. really really. Was, it's a special. It's <laughs> but it's like it's this feeling of genuine discovery, and you're like, wow, like I feel like I'm actually exploring something and and discovering something new. Um, yeah, I'm really obsessed with that. I'm obsessed with abandoned places. And I I think that like, you know, imagine if you could like seal up your house, like right now, just leave, shut the door. No one could, no one, so the next person who came in was 50 years from now. That would be cool, right? That would be a snapshot into your life. That's true. Into yeah. a slice of time. I, yeah. I don't know how to fill a time capsule with that. Yeah. But it's like the place that somebody lives, that somebody occupies, you know, like the little knickknacks, like the, the fucking, you know, things on the floor, the things in the books in the shelf, you know, like all of that paints a picture. Yeah. Oh, no, definitely. Definitely. How do we live? What, we, what, what were we doing? I think a lot has to do, though, with um, the tech that we use. I'm sure if you left your computer and that person 50 years from now, I'm like, they, they were using computers back then. I know, man. <laughs> There's not going to be computers. No, it's going to be inside our brains. Brains, I mean, yeah. It's be, it's be like, why is this computer out here? I don't get it. Yeah. Like, do what I, is this I, thing? How do I plug my brain into this thing? It doesn't work. It's broken. <laughs> but the other thing, too, is, is that, you know, information is already at our fingertips, right? We, you, know, you know, just the notion of Google is, is so easy to understand the topic or to research a topic. Um, what would that look in 50 years? Like, you know, we would already know it because it's already in our brain. It's already in our mind. So we would just, it would just be already there in front of us. Yeah. Well, and it's I mean, so that's connected like, to our mind. There are plenty of futurists thinking about that. And it's, I, I love that shit. It's like, you know, the, the, the merging of this digital, I mean, it's so clearly, it's the trajectory of digital technology points straight at our brains, right? Yeah. It's like a computer was a fucking warehouse. And a then computer it a resembles computer. our brain. I mean, that's why we say things like, you know. I know, but it's just been getting closer and closer to our brain. 
Yeah. Right? And then oh, yeah. like you got the laptop, you got the cell phone, you got the Google glasses, you, you know, like <laughs> we're wearing the smartwatch. It's like, obviously this thing is which is walking slowly. recording our heartbeat or, yeah. you know, taking our measurements and, and yeah, exactly. Yeah. It just points in points to, to our bodies like the evolution of computers points squarely at our bodies and brains. It's getting closer and closer to our, our, not only our physical, but it's like also our, our mental and, and the inside yeah, well, of the body. As yeah. they get closer, it's like the, the line that separates those two things Boundaries is growing. And that's, that's what we're seeing now. It's like, you know, maybe there is another, another layer of evolution that we're going to live through where, where we really do, you know, we, be, we really like experience the digital integration, you know, and that, and that'll be our grandkids who like become like, they're like born with that shit. Yeah. <laughs> like n- don't know what it's not like to have, I, have a, a smartphone inside their brain. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think we are going to witness all of that. I think I our too. generation, I think, I think our generation is going to witness a lot. Well, don't smoke and take your vitamins and maybe you'll live <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, I think we are going to be the most transformative generation because we would be going from analog to digital to, you know, implementation. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's cool to be able to sit here and make art and make commentary about it. Yeah. Well, we're we're the reflection of society. So, yeah. So I actually, I have to call it pretty soon because I have a thing that I got to do at five and want to get a workout in before my evening commences. But, um, <laughs> dude, I really enjoyed this. This is one of like the better conversations that I've had on this podcast. I'm really glad that we got to sit down. Me too. Me too. No, definitely. Definitely. It's good to hear that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So what I I'm going to try and do, I'm going to try and get this thing out in the next like 10 days or so um, so that you have a chance to get it on, to, to put it out there. Definitely. Cool. It usually awesome. takes me a minute, but uh, I'll, I'll like step on the gas. It's been a while since I released one anyway, so it's I, I need to anyway. <laughs> I know how that is. It's like, oh wait a minute. <laughs> no, it's been a, it's been an enjoy talking to you, and I hope we keep in touch because I enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, much. we know each other now, man. Like, we, <laughs> like I, if I'm in LA, I'll give you a call. You know, definitely. Like, see what you're doing. Um, and yeah. if you're in where, the Bay, where are you? I'm in Berkeley. Oh, you're in Berkeley. That's right. That's right. You told me. Yes, yes. Well, I'm, I used to be in San Francisco a lot, but since the pandemic, I haven't been. But yeah. um, usually San Francisco is always like, I have friends up there. So I I definitely will probably be there some point in your future. Cool. We'll have to like uh, catch up in person. Yeah, I'd like that. Get a drink. Hang out. That sounds great. All right. Cool, Tiffany. Well, Take care and enjoy your weekend. And uh, I'll let you know as soon as this drops and then you can push it out to your your audience. Perfect. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.